This is Geek Gab with your host, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, February 20th. Two thousand and twenty-one. Am I right? Is it two thousand and twenty-one? Two thousand and twenty-one. We made almost it. said 2017. I'm not joking. That's not a bit. Do you have any idea where that came from? No. Well, welcome to 2021. Uh, I hope it's 2021 where uh, everybody's listening later. Hey, what's up? We got a lively chat today. They all want to know Daddy Warpig. Yes. This this is the thing they came here to to understand. How was your two weeks? Got him. Um, I'm trying to come up with a good, positive, positive, good response to that. I've got a sister caught in a hotel in texas um, oh my which has intermittent power uh but little to no water um her husband is in the military and they were driving him down to a military base when they got caught behind the storm of the century so they're safe. They're doing fine. They uh, caught sight of a food delivery truck pulling into a store, so they managed to go into the store and get three week or three days of food. No bread. The store didn't have any bread, but three days of food. It's my sister, her husband, and their two kids. Um, but they're safe. Oh, I had another sister who's down in Louisiana, and they've uh, canceled all the flights out back home. So she's stuck there until we until she gets another flight out. Um, it's crazy. I actually I've got a cousin who lives in. Texas, uh, Dallas area, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he's got he's got power and water. He's fine, but um, my aunt and uncle are out there to visit, and they had to they had to shack up with him because their uh, their Airbnb was completely out of power for three days. Mm. Hell, I I've been out of power for three days here at this house. We had to go stay with. Coincidentally, the sister who's stuck in Louisiana, we had to stay hey, with her for three days. I mean, yeah, that's that's the word going around is that uh, is that the folks in Texas uh, they weren't prepared for this cold snap. Yeah, yeah, the the, the cold snap that happens once every hundred years. They didn't spend the like. $350 million um, 
to winterize uh, the solar panels and uh, wind turbines that last 10 years. Uh, the wind turbines last 10 years. I don't know about the solar panels. So every time they replace them, every 10 years, they'd have to redo this at a cost of several hundred million dollars. And Texas decided not to do that because of the danger of a once-in-a-century storm. Now, you can say that's unwise, but at some point you have to think, hey, that seems like a hell of a lot of money for not of a lot of return. I mean, we're going to be replacing these turbines 10 times on average before we hit one of these storm incidents. That's, I I see where you're going with that. I I don't know who's right or who's wrong in that equation, but your uh, your analysis sort of seems fair. Uh, it's good to know that we've got uh, some folks hanging out who are still with us. You can tell uh, John Dacre, Coyote Con. They survived the cold snap. They have electricity, they have internet, and they're not too busy foraging for food in their neighbor's pantries because they're out here hanging out with us. I'm glad you guys are safe. Uh, I will say this. It is amazing to me that, uh, again, not to venture into politics here, but it is amazing to me that apparently Ted Cruz is the linchpin of survival for the entirety of Texas. If Ted Cruz leaves Texas, it's all over and people will die. I just, oh. I, I had no idea he was that important to uh, the Lone Star State. I don't how does know that how work? that happened, but... More power to him. I, I, I don't follow. Did he, uh, did he leave the state just before the cold snap or something? Well, he left the state in the middle of the cold snap. His girls are out of school this week. Um, and so he took his family uh, for a day. And flew them down with friends of his girls. They wanted to go someplace. So he flew them down to Cancun. Huh. For a day. And apparently he personally is preventing the recovery uh, of everything in Texas. No work can be done on getting power and water flowing without Ted Cruz personally on the ground ensuring that everything goes right because he is he's not just a mere senator he is the savior 
of Texas. Wow. When they split Texas into five states, they're going to have to clone Ted Cruz four times in order to ensure that four of those states don't immediately become lifeless wastelands. That's how important Ted Cruz is to Texas. He's a tall Texan. He's a big Texan. And panic spread, I'm not exaggerating, panic spread across the entire nation when he left the state. Unbelievable. There's a spiritual aspect to it as well. It's a supernatural. As uh, apparently John Dacre explains the life force of Ted Cruz is mystically bound to every Texan. After Rurkraut, he was short of breath once and he nearly suffocated. The, the Texan nearly suffocated. I That's an incredible power. And wait a minute. Isn't Ted, Ted Cruz Canadian? Well, they adopted him in Texas. He is now Texas to the bone. Or Texan to the bone, I should say. But didn't because I don't care. I'd like to I'd like to think that if we had cloning technology, a United States senator from Texas would be the first guy that we clone. Why not? Why not? Well, I can't say that my uh, week was nearly as exciting, but it was restful. We missed last week because I uh, decided to get away from all the cold snaps and everything like that. You um, were in the hinterlands or something. You didn't even have cell phone access. That's right. That's right. It was a you it was a getaway. I, I told you, and I got a text message. Hey, we're doing, we're not doing a show, right? And I'm like, "Yep, this is the only text you're going to get from me this weekend." <laughs> like you told me before you left where you were going, and I completely blanked on it. Well, it was really nice, uh, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna brag a little bit here. Is uh, the long story is is that my friend of the female variety, uh said, hey, I've got President's Day off. Let's get away. So we found a lodge out in the middle of nowhere by a lake in the forest. And so it was a nice, relaxing, long weekend. But while the rest of the Pacific Northwest was being dusted with six inches of snow and Texas was caught in a massive cold snap. We're at the sheltered lodge in the mountains by a lake, sheltered from all the elements. And so we got a little bit of snow and then a bunch of rain the whole weekend. What can I say? There it truly was an, it was an escape from it all. And I couldn't have been happier. I could have been happier. I could have been happier if I could have done an episode of the Geek Gab for an hour while I was there. But... 
that's probably too much to ask. I've been at, I even had something I had watched that I was ready to talk about, but I don't remember what it was now. It was probably some crappy zombie movie again. No. No. No, can't can't recall it. <laughs> That's not a joke or a bit either. I just I don't remember. So, um, we got one more bit of news before we get to the subject of the show. Yes, let's move on. Sad news this week, right? Very sad news. Again, politics adjacent. Uh, but we're not doing it for the politics, so, you know, tough noogie. The great one, the man with the golden microphone, uh, Rush Limbaugh, recent recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom, passed away. This week, due to complications from lung cancer. Hmm. He's uh, 70 years old. What are your... Uh, rest in peace. What are your thoughts, DW? Well, I'm, I'm generally felt... Genuinely felt grief. You know... And even right now that we're talking about it, I am sad that he's gone. Um, I haven't listened to Rush Limbaugh for 20 years. I haven't had time. I'm busy and have been busy for a long time. Um But back in the early 90s, when I first ran into him, because, you know, I, I, he was grassroots, right? Viral. Uh, maybe oh, yeah. before... The, I think he was viral before they even invented the term viral. Um, Absolutely. He... Uh, I used to watch his TV show. Because it was hilarious. And I used to listen to his radio show quite a bit. Um, and Rush Limbaugh, I wasn't political before Rush Limbaugh. I didn't know anything about like American politics, interior politics. I knew about exterior politics. Someone wrote a tweet the other day and they asked, what was your first red pill? And this was my red pill before red pills even existed. This is long before the matrix. Um, my first red pill was growing up next to the Iron Curtain of, for 
you know, 10, 12 years. So I always hated communism. I always opposed communism. I always supported America as a country and the American Constitution and American freedoms and liberty. And I always loved this country, even when I was a foreigner to it. So I didn't grow up in America. I grew up in Germany on a military base overseas. So I didn't know a lot about what it was like in America. I just knew what it was like in other countries, especially behind the Iron Curtain. And so I knew why America's system and America's rights and freedoms were better. And I moved back to America in... 1984, 1983. Other than the fact that I disliked Jimmy Carter a lot when he was president. I disliked Jimmy Carter more than my dad did. And I don't know why, to this day, I, as an eight-year-old kid, somehow intuited a disdain for Jimmy Carter, the president. Whoa, whoa. Sorry to interrupt your uh, your speech here, but are you telling me that you were the original woke eight-year-old? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you look up at your father with the big puppy dog eyes and say, Daddy, why is Jimmy Carter selling out to the oil producing nations? <laughs> I literally had a uh, conversation with my dad that veered off into nuclear war and I expressed a great deal of disdain this is when I was eight literally when I was eight I am not making this up and uh, my contempt for Jimmy Carter and my support for Ronald Reagan Okay. Eight years old. I have no idea why. Now, because it wasn't my dad. He was not vocally opposed to Jimmy Carter. Um, he liked Reagan more than Carter. But he was nowhere near as strident about it as I was. I really didn't like Jimmy Carter. 
But that was the extent of my knowledge of domestic politics. What's this you say? Being a woke eight-year-old. <laughs> I've never put that together until just now. <laughs> Daddy, why is Jimmy Carter such a wimp? <laughs> I don't remember exactly what I said, but yeah, I remember having that conversation with my dad. That's really funny. <laughs> I bet that was hilarious from his perspective, too. Yeah, having this eight-year-old kid who just really, really disliked the president. <laughs> so. Tale as old as time. Move back to America. I wonder, am I the only real woke eight-year-old there's ever been? You, you think it was genuine? You don't think it was uh, uh, some sort of uh, strange propagandizing or brainwashing? No. Because I remember my dad being just nonplussed. Just sitting there in uh, the kitchen table in Tileheim, Germany, just not even knowing what to say. Not even knowing how to respond. Like, how do you expect that kind of opinion from an eight-year-old? So, so how did that turn into uh, how did that turn into your appreciation for politics or your appreciation for Rush Limbaugh? It didn't. I got back to America, and you know, by that time, it was time for. After a couple of years of living in America, it was time for Reagan and Dukakis. Um, or was it Reagan and Mondale? Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. First of all, yeah, Dukakis was 84. And yeah. second of all, how could a guy named Dukakis, if he ran today, not win? At least the internet vote. <laughs> so... You know, I supported Reagan, but I did not pay attention to all of the political stuff. Like, I didn't pay attention to the Senate. I didn't pay attention to Tip O'Neill. I didn't pay, I'd pay more attention now. I didn't pay attention to Tip O'Neill until I started listening to Rush Limbaugh. Until like 10 years after it was over. Um, you know, and the only other political thing that I really paid attention to wasn't until 1987. These are like my political benchmarks for three to, you know, two to three years apart, which was, of course, the Ollie North thing in 1987. And I watched a lot of the Ollie North hearings because it was summer, I was at my grandma's house, and, you know, he's sitting there, this one patriotic guy in uniform with the entire Inquisition above him. Uh, 
and went off to college. It wasn't until 1993, six years later. Oh, my freshman year of college, we had Rodney King. I learned about political correctness. And I was against political correctness because I have a great deal of oppositional defiance that is kind of intrinsic to my psychological makeup. I really dislike being told what to do. That's normal. To maybe an unhealthy degree. Like I've had to learn to get over some of it. Like when your mom tells you, hey, your cousin's got a wedding reception today. You should go. I don't know. At one point, she said, you have to go, and that's the point at which she knew I wasn't ever going to go. <laughs> just because she said you have to, and I was going to not go just to make a point. That's not a healthy amount of defiance. So I'm kind of like that today, but I've learned to tone it down for my family. <laughs> um. But I reacted poorly to that. I reacted poorly to being told that I should use this set of words instead of that set of words because other people didn't think they were good and right. So this is 1991, right? First year of college. And then a couple years later, 1993, is when I discovered Rush. And then I started learning about domestic politics. I started learning about political figures and political maneuvering and getting bills passed and elections and why local elections matter and why state elections matter. And so if you can see, I wasn't really political before. I just noticed things that anybody would notice that were big and kind of earthquakey, um, like the Iran hostage crisis. I mean, that was a big earthquakey thing that anybody would have noticed in America at the time. But then I started paying attention to political maneuverings and bills coming up and things like that. And I never would have gotten political like that if it weren't for Rush. That's where I got it from. Uh, and listening to Rush was the start of hearing all of these events again and again and again and again that kind of hardened me against... Uh, being overly conciliatory or being overly quick to assume good faith on the behalf of people who are quite clearly acting in bad faith. So if you want to know why I got involved in like 
why I was so adamant, why I was so steadfast and persistent in my involvement in uh, Sad Puppies and Gamergate, it got started right there listening to Rush Limbaugh. Uh, a lot of things go into who we are. And I was influenced by my dad. And I was influenced by reading Robert Bork's books. Um, slouching Towards Gamora. Uh, and... The Seduction of the Law. Um, and I was influenced by a lot of things. Uh, reading history and, and growing up in Germany. And growing up as a natural born foreigner to America. To not being an American being born in America, living in America for two years, but then being removed from American culture almost entirely as a kid. Uh, other than the few small things I got to see in reruns 10 years later on Armed Forces Network, I was influenced by a lot of things. But one of them was definitely Rush Limbaugh. I would not be the man I am today were it not for Rush Limbaugh. And so if you wonder why I was stalwart and adamant and just stood there and didn't, didn't let things move me from my positions during those internet imbroglios, it got its start because of what I was exposed to listening to Rush Limbaugh and listening and, and watching the Rush Limbaugh show. And once the 90s were over, I had a lot of other things I needed to do with my life, and that's what I was doing. But, man, for, the, for most of the 90s, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh and uh, reading his two books, and uh, it had a tremendous impact on me, and not just politically. Um, I already loved America, as I had said, but man, Rush Limbaugh taught me to love America on a deeper, more mature, more appreciative sense. He taught me to love, to truly appreciate this country I had been born in. He taught me to value this country more than I ever had. He taught me to see the goodness in this country, the goodness in the people of America. He taught me to love Americans more than I ever had. Rush Limbaugh taught me what it was to be an American because I didn't have the chance to learn very well or very much growing up, kind of divorced from that. And he's the one who caught me up 
on all that stuff that I missed grow by not growing up in this country. Rush Limbaugh is the man who made me into a full uh, into a full red-blooded American. Uh, someone posted today that I saw. It was a convenience store store owner or a grocery store owner in Texas. They had a bunch of cases of Aquafina and some other brand of uh, bottled water outside their store in Texas. And overnight, when they came to the store, it was all gone. Somebody had taken all of their bottled water because the water was out in their area. And they felt really bad about it that somebody had stolen all their bottled water. Then they went to the door of their store and they opened it up. And right there on the ground inside the door was $620 of cash just piled up that people had pushed through the door. Because the people coming to pick up cases of water had pushed the money through the door. They didn't just take it. It was right outside. They could have just ran off with it. They could have just ran off with it and gotten the water for free. But they pushed the money through the door and the shopkeeper said, because he was posting it on Twitter, he said, I made $620 overnight, not even working. But that's America, right? That's what America is, and that's what America should be, is a place where you can trust your citizens, trust your fellow citizens, because they deserve it. Because they're good people. Because they do the right thing. More often than not. And I'm not saying every American is this way. But that's what America is. And it was Rush Limbaugh who taught me that. It was Rush Limbaugh who shared stories like that about all of the positives that come from the people of America, not just the words of the Constitution. Although the Constitution is a great and an amazing and an important document. But all of the goodness and all of the virtue that resides in the American people, that is what truly makes this country great. And he gave me a deep belief in this country and a deep belief in, in the nation. And 
I can't thank him for that. Not because he's passed, but because how do you say that to someone? Even if I had ever had the chance to meet him, how do you walk up to someone and shake their hands and say, I knew this country was right and that communism and every other form was wrong before I ever listened to you. I knew this country was right. But I didn't believe in this country. And I didn't believe in her people until I listened to you. How do you say that to someone and make them understand how deep a change that made in me, how powerful and pervasive a change that made, and why it was so important looking back? So, yeah, Rush Limbaugh made a huge he had a huge impact on my life. And people, I'm sure, were kind of confused why I posted what I posted about Rush. Because I've never, ever, ever talked about him for, you know, 20 years to anybody. But, yeah. Rush Limbaugh made me a better person. He helped me become less cynical. He helped me become more trusting, more believing. I'm a better man today than I would ever have been without without Rush Limbaugh. So I'm sad that he's gone. I grieved that he passed. I was one of those people that knew it was coming because he had lung cancer stage four, you know. And I am just grateful. I thank God that President Trump honored him with the Presidential Medal of Freedom because he, without a doubt, deserved it. And it was touching and overwhelming to see a man who gave so much to this country get something back from the country that loved him. He, he did not know that was coming. He didn't know that that was going to happen. He was absolutely shocked and floored when uh, the first lady pinned that medal on him, when the president recognized him out of the crowd. And uh, it turns out that that was just, what, five or six months Just a few months before he passed. Mm. 
We all knew it. I just, I am so grateful because I don't know that there would be any president. You know, not turn this to Donald Trump, but I don't know there would have been any president who would have done that except Donald Trump. So, rest in peace, Rush. You said it. I'll say my piece. There's an aspect of Rush that I really appreciated. Uh, I'm like a lot of people, started listening to him uh, in the 90s right after he got big. And then his whole shtick was just dunking on the Clintons nonstop. And that was my favorite part of Rush. He, he remade talk radio by turning himself into the happy warrior. And he would dunk, drag, troll, whatever. Sometimes even his own callers, the infamous <clears throat> caller abortion. Uh, that's something, you reminded me of that when you mentioned President Trump. Uh, they were actually good friends uh, in New York City for years. And that personality is sorely needed at all times. We need a happy warrior. We need someone who's going to keep people's spirits high, point fun at any and everybody who takes themselves too seriously, tells it like it is. And as you said, in his own way, he truly, or as you implied, as in his own way, he truly loved America, what it stood for. And what can I say? His his influence can't be overstated, and uh, well, it's the end of an era. I'm sad he's gone. Rest in peace. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on. I believe we have more slightly politics adjacent stuff to talk about with uh, with this week's movie. Oh hey, we got a good comment from the uh, from the chat though. Emmett Fitzhume, uh, who uh, says thanks for the Ted Lasso recommendation. That was from our last show two weeks ago. Uh, it was a very good show. I'm eager to see next season. And did you finish the show? No, I I watched oh. the first four episodes. Outstanding. <laughs> what a great show. That's a great recommendation. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched it. It it lifted my spirits, um, made me feel better. So I I don't know what else can you say about a show like that. They don't make them like that anymore, except they just did. Apparently they did. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so yeah, some more uh, audience recommendations for Ted Lasso if you want to go watch it. Get in on the free trial of Apple TV Plus. Um, this week, oh yeah, it's politics adjacent. The movie, I wasn't even thinking about that. Well, because uh, you, we wanted to talk about Run Hide Fight, the uh, school shooting thriller, and I couldn't find it anywhere <laughs> on any of the streaming services or on YouTube. What is going on? And you're like, oh, it's on the Daily Wire. <laughs> 
<laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. Why why is a school shooting thriller movie on the Daily Wire? Isn't that a a a, a news site run by Ben Shapiro and his cronies? You gotta understand, folks. In order for John to review the movie for this show, I made him <laughs> subscribe to Ben Shapiro. Oh, oh, spoilers. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I opted out of that one. Did you I would... not watch the movie? I did not watch the movie. I would do anything for love, but I would not do that. <laughs> uh, for anybody for, for anybody who doesn't know Ben Shapiro, just go go listen to a clip of his radio show. He's got the most obnoxious radio voice ever. They should they should fire that little twerp and replace him with Daddy Warpig. Oh. I was so looking forward to this moment. You ruined this moment for me. Oh, what did I do? I was just looking forward to being able to say that. <laughs> you almost had me. I was looking at the I was looking at the subscribe screen. And like, hey, thanks for joining up. Now you have to give us money if you actually want to watch this movie. And I went, hmm. How I'm going to stand on my principles this time. <laughs> Although, to be fair, it would be to just also to stand on my principles to watch the movie for the show. Well, some principles won out this time, DW. Yeah, like, uh, like one of the Marx Brothers said, like Groucho Marx says, those are my principles, and if you don't like them, I've got others. <laughs> that's a great line all right so th there's a little bit of other controversy going on this week that i just barely scratched the surface of because of my aforementioned vacation why on earth is the daily wire getting into movies oh yeah we were going to talk about that and we kind of forgot why are they getting into movies? I don't know exactly. Because I'll be honest, I don't pay attention to the Daily Wire. I don't. Well, yeah, pay yeah. Because you'd have you'd have to listen to and or read Ben Shapiro, which is a non-starter. Oh, you're gonna want to watch your inbox. Because uh, once you've signed up for the Daily Wire, and then they ask you money, and then you don't pay them money, because that's what I did. <laughs> um. Then, then they start sending you updates from their site that come in your email. So I had to go and make, I had to go and unsubscribe, so they would stop sending me email updates. Oh, I'll it's only for a couple right. of days, but it was like twelve email updates over a couple of days. I thought that was excessive. Actually, I thought any was excessive, but that was excessively excessive. <laughs> So, yeah, check your email and unsubscribe. Noted. Um, but Daily Wire in the new, was in the news last week, I think. This Yeah, 
because this weekend, this Carano. last week, Gina Carano, and she was on she was on Disney's The Mandalorian, and they canned her, right? Yes. I I, I don't know if I don't know if we need to go into that. <laughs> Do you uh, know why they canned her? Oh, what? that we should stop dehumanizing other Americans. Oh, oh, well, I mean, reading between the lines, you you don't get cancel cultured like that if they didn't. We weren't already looking for an excuse to fire you. That's but true. That's, that's pure conjecture. That's pure conjecture. Here's the here's the post post Gina Carano made. Um, Jews were beaten in the streets not by Nazi soldiers but by their neighbors, even by children, because history is edited. Most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Hey guys. Whoa. Kids are vicious. I'm not lying. Hey man, I saw that. I saw that. Uh, what was it? Uh, Thanos. Swing, I, I saw Swing Kids. Man, those kids were brutal. No, no, Thanos. No. Uh, there's a video. They had a little Marvel Avengers uh, cancer benefit thing, and you know Thanos was on the ground, and then one kid ran up and like punched him in the face and then his mom ran up to get him and his brother ran up and was just punching him in the face oh. and then literally like eight other little kids ran up and were kicking him and punching him and this guy couldn't stand up the little kids were pummeling him oh i'm not making goodness. this up this is a real video i saw last night on on twitter so when you say like kids are beating up their neighbors, I believe it. They're vicious yeah. little bastards. Especially the retarded ones. They don't even know their own strength. So yeah, I believe what she said in the in the little post. And it's just the thing, you know, let's not dehumanize each other. Right. You reading reading the actual text, you can get what she was saying at, but she she touched on subjects you're not supposed to touch on, and so someone had the excuse they were waiting for to can her. Yeah. So, so after but she got canned. Yeah, after she got canned, uh, the Daily Wire hired her to do a show now or a movie. She's been in a few movies. I actually I remember watching a long time ago, right after it came out, Haywire, her uh, her debut movie. I didn't. I don't remember them putting such a huge. St- cast behind her like michael douglas was a a co-star in that too but uh it was good you know action movie chick i saw it in the theater and i can't remember when do you remember did did, do you recall what year it was it came out uh 2014 no 2000 yeah 2014 is right i just had the imdb up a minute ago Okay, so I saw that in the theater. Haywire was 2011. Wow. I, I saw it on video in 2012, I think. Um, so, you know, I, I don't... Maybe it's the whole conservatives should start making their own art man we are all over politics today yeah i that, that I, that's got to be it right um oh yeah in the chat bradford yeah that's what that's right the uh 
Daily Wire is getting into movies because there's dissonant media projects that don't suck and will get distributed and make money. Well, I'm, I'm going to hold that judgment till I hear Daddy Warpig's review because uh, I didn't even heard of this movie. I have a feeling it is going to suck. But I guess that makes sense if you got a lot of money. If you've got enough money to make people think that Ben Shapiro is a good radio host and a good pundit, then you've got enough money to hire Gina Carano and distribute a movie. So why not? Why? I'm sorry. Well, I am just I'm just dunking all over Ben right now. You are clearly not a fan of the Shapiro. My goodness! Every time I I hear him on the radio, I, it's it's worse than a Rush song. You know when you hear Rush and you're like, man, these musicians are good, and then Geddy Lee starts singing, and you go, eh, I'm gonna listen to something else. That's Ben Shapiro. You're like, get this tone out of my ears right now. Sorry. Um, I know you're not supposed to say anything if you don't have anything nice to say. I have nothing nice to say about Ben Shapiro. His sister's all right. She has huge tracts of land. So. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, they just announced it, so I'm sure there's not going to be even a script written or a project going forward for a while. Um, actually, this movie, Run, Fight, Hide, Run, Hide, Fight, that's so interchangeable. Run, Fight, Hide, Hide, Fight, Hide, Fight, Ride, Run. Um, it's actually a real thing. That's what they tell you to do if a school shooting happens. That's the order you're supposed to do it in. If you can... If you have clear avenues, you're supposed to run. Mm -hmm. If you don't have clear avenues, you're supposed that you can run. You're supposed to hide. And if you can't hide, then you have to fight. So, um, and actually, the main heroine in the movie does that. At first, she runs. She gets out of the building. So she escapes all by herself. And then decides to... Go back in and help other people escape. And then at one point, decides to stop just helping people escape and decides to fight back. Um, what I was going to say is the Daily Wire had nothing to do with making this movie. Uh, people were saying Ben Shapiro directed it. <laughs> uh, and I thought, wow, that would have... I would have really been interested to see that. I'm sorry, I'm being cruel just laughing, but I really, really would have been interested to see what Ben Shapiro would have done with a movie. His very first movie, I, I'm sure it would have been a disaster. Uh, hey, you know, it could be good as long as he's not writing, directing, or narrating it. I, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, but he didn't. They didn't even produce it. 
they no, just, they just they just got the distribution rights. They got the distribution rights. I, I'm so, pretty sure. I, I think I read that this film actually premiered at a film festival. I don't. I'm not Toronto, but there's another one. Yeah, maybe it was Toronto. Um, and it's got some legitimate stars that you would recognize. Thomas Jane, who was the Punisher once upon a time. Um. Who was also in a bunch of other stuff that you would recognize. Uh, although the only one... He's a good actor. Thomas Jane is a good actor. And I don't want to spoil it by mentioning this. But the only Thomas Jane... Can you help me out here and look him up on IMDb? Yeah. It's the only other movie I can think about him being in. I don't want to say because it'll spoil his reputation. That's fine. I'll, I'll look it up in a second. Go ahead with okay. what you were thinking. So it's got actual Hollywood actors in it. They hired people who you would recognize. It's got Treat Williams in it, who uh, is always uh, in a lot of, you know, second stage movies. Um, not necessarily B-movies in the sense of being bad, but just... Movies that don't get the $150 million budget. He's Thomas, in Jane like... was in... Thomas Jane was in Boogie Nights. Well, see, really? Yeah. I did not know that. I've never seen Boogie Nights, so what do I know? Um, Face Off. The Punisher. He's been in some movies. Yeah. Uh... Treat Williams is in movies that don't turn out $150 million budgets. They turn out like $20 to $50 million budgets. Um, and uh, Radza Magic, uh, who's an actress you've seen in, you probably, you absolutely don't know her name, but if you see her face, you're like, oh yeah, I've seen her tons of times. She was in that thing and this thing and this other thing. So they have some Hollywood stars in it, and it's got enough of a budget to make the material work. They don't, it's not over-budgeted, but it's not starved for cash either. And I've seen lots of movies that have been starved for cash. This movie was not starved for cash. It had a budget that uh, either it was perfectly commensurate with the material, or the producers and directors really knew how to work it. They really knew how to beat that dollar for everything it was worth. Oh, I know how to work it. You put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it. That's how it's done. Okay. Um, so, it's about a school shooting. Some people have said it's die hard in a school, and... I would like to dispel that notion. It is about one person against a group of bad guys, and the one person doesn't start with a weapon uh, and has to be cunning and uh, quick thinking and stuff. But Die Hard is an action movie. It's a fun movie. And this movie is... Chilling. Mm. It's stark. It's dramatic. It's 
Uh, it's uh, yeah. If, if the setting is a school shooting, you're not going to have John McClane, the wisecracking cop, beating up all the bad guys. You're going to have kids and teachers fighting for their lives. Yeah. Totally different setting. It is not bloody and gory. There are on-screen deaths. Um, and it doesn't shy away from violence, but it is not... It is not wall-to-wall massacre the whole movie. And there's reasons for that. There's reasons that are integral to the plot that you figure out later as you're going through the movie. So we've been on the air for a while, haven't we? We um, just, we, yeah, we just hit an hour. You're good. Finish up the review. Um, is this a good movie? Yes. This does it work? Bi- does it work as a thriller? Yes. Does it work as an action movie? It's not as fun as an action movie. Got it. Does it work? Does it work as a uh, as a drama or a um, or a horror movie? It does work as a drama. Um, they bother to characterize the bad guys, and not in a cheap or shallow way. Um. but also not in a way that makes them uh, makes you it's not like they want you to say oh pity these guys they're just victims of society mm-hmm. these are are people who very clearly chose the path they were on And have made many choices along that path where they could have taken different routes. But they wanted to do this, they chose to do this, and they did do this. So the moral culpability is directly affixed to where it belongs. Um, But at the same time, you do to develop their characters and you do to develop who they are and you understand why they're the kind of people who would make these bad choices, but they're still morally responsible for them. Hmm. The main character is great. Um, as a character, I found her interesting and compelling I was astonished at the level of performance the actress put out. She's young. She's not a 30-year-old playing 18. Um, But she turns in a great performance. I, uh, I was just astonished. Lots of the supporting cast turn in really good performances, even in small roles. Um, There are some performances that are kind of clunky, but they're in bit, bit parts. Um, 
it is a there are more than one bad guys. I think I've said that before. And the leader of them does the actor who plays him does such a great job of being charismatic uh, that you can see why he's drawn in these other broken, resentful people into his orbit. You can see why they're attracted to him. You can see why they would listen to him. And you can see why they follow him and would agree to go along with this. Why he would make it seem like, hey, you know all these resentments you have, all that anger you've been working on for, you know, six to 12 years? You can get revenge for that anger. You can see why they would listen. Um, so on that level, yeah, he makes a realistic and compelling. Um, villain. Uh, just from the moment he jumped on screen, from the very first few frames that he's on screen, he is, he has that hyper-confidence, that larger-than-life carriage that I was just like, wow. It was like getting, you know, punched in the middle of the forehead. He had it. Uh, so those are the two people that are in the majority of conflict. This girl who's turning in an excellent performance at what she's doing. And this guy who's turning in an excellent performance at being the bad guy. And that's great. They don't spend a lot of time in the scene together, in the frame together. But man, they're playing off of each other. And it's, it's wonderful. And that's what makes the movie work, is that the actors actually deliver good performances. And they're young actors. They're really young. I mean, they might be early 20s or whatever. The plot wasn't full of holes. Um, in fact, they did a very, very good job of setting things up and paying them off. Um, Everything the bad guys did made sense. Um, the things the good guys did made sense. So as a piece of cinema, it's worth looking at and analyzing. I'm not saying you should do that the first time you watch it. But it is worth analyzing as a piece of cinema to see what they did right. And see, uh, you know, what little niggles you might. Um, what little niggles you might find. Um, the villains have a plan. And their plan makes perfect sense. 
and they carry through on their plan until the hero throws enough obstacles in their way that they have to start improvising. And that's a great shift, and it's handled really well. Um, so the movie is chilling, and, and it's a thriller. It's not an action movie. It's not die hard. But it is a... It's really uncomfortable to watch in a couple of places. But it's not a movie that is gory or repugnant. It's something that an older teen could easily watch and be okay with. You know, 16, 17, 18. Depending on how good they were would be at handling violence in a high school. If you have a 16-year-old who would get all freaked out at violence in a high school or violence aimed towards high school kids, probably not. Probably I'd not let him watch this. But, you know, 17 or 18-year-old who knows this is uh, whatever, it's, it's very, very real. Both in what's happening, that you could see there are people like this who could do this, and in the events on screen and how they're treated. It's very credible. Uh, feels authentic. I think I've, I'm getting a good picture of what this movie's about. What would you say is the one best thing about it? If, if I were to actually log on and, and stream this movie, what would I look forward to? As much as I rant about character arcs and how people try to make a mandatory, the main character does go through a character arc, and it's a, it's a good one. It's Great. solid. It's a good story. Good protagonist. Her, good protagonist. Her story is a good story. Not just the events she goes through, but how they affect her. It's a good story. Cool. Sounds like a sounds like a recommend from you. Yeah, I would recommend this movie if if I I know some parents with kids would have a hard time watching this just because it's about kids. So that's a caveat. If you're a parent who would get really torn up because it's about kids getting hurt, then you would probably not want to watch this. But it's a well-done movie, uh, and it succeeds in being really chilling. Cool. So, yeah, I would recommend it with that caveat. Well, all right. Anything else on your mind today? Nothing's coming to mind. My mind is a complete blank. Well done. We got it all out, everybody. Finally, finally cleared Daddy Warpig's plate. Well, if if somebody, if one of you guys knows Ben Shapiro and can get him a to get me a stream of the video without me having to give him money, I'll check it out because it sounds pretty good. It was only fourteen bucks. Was it? 
Yeah, I think that's what the membership was. All right. For a month. <laughs> for a month. Yeah. You oh, gotta for... be a member of the Daily Wire for a month to be able to see the movie. Oh, for all that, for all the extra great Daily Wire. All right, I can't do this anymore. <clears throat> anyway, that was a ton of fun. I'm I'm really glad that uh, that you took that bullet. Sorry to ruin that moment for you, but uh, I've uh, I've had a great time gabbing about uh, recent events and everything. And it was I, uh, it... I did get you to sign up for Daily Wire spam though. Yeah, I my my spam folder loves it. Just put it all right there. <laughs> um. So anyway, I think uh, I, I think I'm done for the week. Uh, I do appreciate. Uh, I wasn't expecting you to say so much from the heart about uh, excellence in broadcasting, but uh, it, that was great to talk to you about that. And it was nice hanging out with everybody in chat. We had a lively chat today. Uh, talking about all of these topics, and uh, and hope everybody listening later really enjoys or enjoyed this show. But I'm done for this week, DW. Okay, uh, I too want to thank everybody who listened live, who uh, participated in the chat uh, or not, just listening. That's great too. Um, and uh, of course, everyone who uh, Listens later, you can uh, check out the chat, read through it, can't participate. But if you uh, check out the show live, you absolutely can jump in and make your voice known. You can check us out on youtube.com slash geekgab. That is youtube.com slash geekgab. Or you can get us on the iTunes store, the Google Play store, or soundcloud.com. Just do a search for geekgab to download to us or subscribe to us on the device of your choice. Ladies and gentlemen, we are signing off for today. But don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.